0: A round table is a Star Wars session special. Yeah, it is a round table. It's a Star Wars session special. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome. To Star Wars Roundtable Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, and if we were still playing an old game, I'd say that he hailed from the neon-soaked planet of Blyu.
1: It's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly, how are you, sir? The puns are back! The puns, the puns are tonight. back! O- only for tonight, for the Roundtable Special. We'll, we'll, that, we'll, felt we'll like a
2: warm, that felt like a warm hug.
1: where did that voice come from i don't know (laughs) from from the heavens themselves oi oi Savaloy. you're right mate boy you good mate
0: yes mate i am very very good i'm excited to be here tonight just because we're talking about (laughs) and that is the passion that we're bringing tonight you okay mate
1: yeah not bad mate not bad i'm excited for tonight to recap some kenobi with some friends uh maybe go over some things i haven't thought about maybe and get just some fresh perspectives on it yes. and uh yeah we got some quality quality guests this week so i guess maybe i'll introduce him now should we should we introduce him should we do that do it yeah do it okay all right well you all know him you all love him he's a bit of a naughty boy he made a documentary one time and he's changed his hairstyles a couple of times is jamie Stangroom. say hello mate hello mate or mate. how are <laughs> you not too bad mate not too bad how's this week been is it been star warsy or not star warsy it's
3: been pretty star warsy mate oh, uh, i'm gonna stop with the mates now um <laughs> yeah it's been um it's been it's been fairly Star Warsy. It's been a fairly Star Warsy time, hasn't it? To be honest, and yeah. I feel like the Star Warsy times are going to keep on coming. There's there's what are we just two months away from the next Star oh, yes. Warsy
1: event? Yes, yeah, man. no, it's been pretty Star Warsy. Thanks for asking. They're, they're not messing about, <laughs> mate. And and Groom is wearing a Star Wars Celebration 2007 cap, which is pretty dope. My brother has one of those, by the way. Really. Did
3: yeah. he get his from the event or did he no. get his uh, <laughs> sent to him like a crazy amount of years later just to make him feel really old? Um, because my big bro, who I went to this event with, sent me this uh, for my birthday just a, just a month ago as a
1: my... kind of like, hey, remember that cool thing we went to all those years ago? All those years ago, 2007. Yeah, it was a while back. Well, my brother got his cap from ElstreeCon for about three quid. So oh, I remember that. Yeah. Are you saying my <laughs> brother spent three pounds on my birthday present? Maybe. That's Maybe, shocking. Mate. Maybe, <laughs> there's a good chance. There is a very good chance. But you're looking good, Jamie. Can't wait to dig into some Kenobi. Um, yes, we me. also have joining us, a bit of a beefy boy. You've heard him before. He's the occasional sessions cameraman, graphic designer, website extraordinaire. It's Isaac Peve of Bob the Podcast fame. Say
2: hello there, Mate hello there
0: <laughs> it's Liam did, you
2: did you call me beefy? yeah I did yeah didn't know we were bringing weight into this but alright oh no <laughs> don't Luke make you it like that man. mate it's don't really make it about really, that mate it's been a really hard few years and you're bringing weight up <laughs> oh, don't, oh, don't, show? don't make it like that I'm really, mate I'm really insecure about it right that's it good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll just call him the boy. I'm just boy. slowly with with the hat and the weight. I'm just slowly becoming Michael Moore. You were talking about documentary <laughs> makers. That's where I'm. That's if where
0: I'm saying me. Well, good I to have you on again, mate. Isaac's been on a few times. He's been on a few roundtables, but um, I'm sure as we go through the roundtable tonight, Isaac will kind of fill us in on his personal journey with Star Wars in the last few years and how mm. he's come to be on this roundtable when maybe. Maybe six months ago, this would have almost seemed
1: impossible to have Isaac
0: yeah, on Yeah, you this didn't ask me, me for the Bad
2: table. Batch roundtable, I. <laughs> I don't know I,
1: Maybe. I don't think we did one, did we? Uh, <laughs> did we, no, one? we did one. Yeah, we, we did two. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did a roundtable. Yeah, we well, did two. There we go, guys. Sorry, there we on, go. Then. Enough said. Enough said. I'll watch season two. I'll watch yeah. it. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, and finally, na- last but not least, you might recognise him with a sausage roll getting slapped against his face somewhere in london it's mark newbold from fantha Tracks. say hello there mark.
4: hello there hello thanks again for the sausage experience it was not what i expected in a public place but i took it with dignity i'd like to think it's classic
0: sessions in the sausage experience at the con yeah yeah
1: we we'd known mark for a while like online really and we and we'd recorded a show together, in in person. Also Mark, you're taller than I expected. You're sure expected.
4: I, I get that a lot, but but I didn't. I honestly didn't expect to be lovingly assaulted with, um, <laughs> you know, such fine food. I'm amazed you're not sponsored by Gregs yet. I'm, it's kind of beyond well, me why it's not a lack happened. of trying. I do it's, believe uh, that you I've, just I've finished speaking to
0: Cavan oh, Scott, and Cavan <clears throat> walked past us as we ran towards Mark because I'd had these a four pack of sausage rolls in my bag mm-hmm. all day at the convention, and we wanted to speak to Cavan, but. You know, there was Mark Newbold. We had the sausage rolls. We weren't yeah, going to we, turn this down. And yeah, we'd Newbold. Like, ham.
4: Yeah, yeah we uh, I, did no, I did notice that Cavan wasn't battered in, in <laughs> classic style with, we'll with a, a, a Greg sausage roll. Yeah, I think he's keeping his eyes open at the moment. So. Yeah, that's
3: yeah, Well,
4: it. Get well get he's him. not as
1: loved. Not quite as loved. He's loved, but not quite as loved as Newbold. So, you know, he didn't get the sausage treatment from us just yet. Um, right, okie dokie. Guys, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi released last month. I can't believe it. It's been last month. I I think I saw someone say the other day, they were like, oh yeah, this time last (laughs) month, stole Celebration Anaheim, which was ridiculous. Mark, you were in Anaheim, right? For that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I guess we'll start with you, mate. You were there in the room for the premiere of obi-wan kenobi were you there or were you somewhere else in the
4: convention i wasn't annoyingly they announced that ah. you mcgregor announced it and after his talk and he said oh everybody come back tonight and see the first two episodes and i was going to the 501st bash and the, the clubs bash thing so i was already otherwise occupied so i saw the first two episodes in my very nice hotel room on my phone like this
1: because oh. <laughs> luckily i
4: was able to get disney plus so i didn't quite get the full immersive um you know um experience but for what it mm-hmm. was i did see it when it was over there so it was nice to be able to talk to people about it
1: so it's been a month since then yeah. top top level what are you thinking about this quote-unquote limited series are you happy with it
4: i'm very happy with it <laughs> but i don't believe for a second it's a limited series uh right so many so many things they're left hanging over at the end that they can pick up if they want to they've been very savvy even down to Kathleen Kennedy, who who really doesn't say a word. I don't suppose she speaks into the mirror without somebody having checked the script, in case somebody's <laughs> listening, you know. So I I think when she said that if there's enough engagement or there's enough you know fan engagement, people want to see more, and there's you and literally waving a flag from a hilltop going, "I'll do some more," you know, and Liam Neeson coming on saying. Mm. But yeah, nobody else is playing this role, and everybody seems keen to do more, so oh yeah, there's got to be more. Three years, yeah. Give it three years, let the kids grow up a bit. But uh, yes, succinctly, as I always am, I really enjoyed it.
0: Mm. Nice, it gets a new bold seal of approval. I spoke to uh, Jamie, I was lucky enough to go on The Geek End on YouTube to talk about part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi, of which we were both um, positive enough about it. Uh, I think we'd both probably say if we had to say there was a an episode that we were least fond of it may be that one but then I kind of also look at part 2 now um Jamie though part 6 has been and gone what are you thinking then about the entirety of the season now we know what's been and gone Yeah not perfect but overall mm-hmm.
3: loved it and I didn't really expect perfection there's a, it seems to be the majority of the internet or the majority of Star Wars fans at least that you hear on the internet seem to expect perfection but has star wars ever been perfect you know and my quibbles with this season or series are pretty minor to be honest and i'm sure we'll come on to those uh soon but just overall i had a good time with this series i'd much rather have it in my life than not you know remember there was a time when we had no star wars in our life i'm not paid to hate on star wars you know my content Barely pays full stop. Maybe if I started to hate, then I, it would start to <laughs> to pay a bit more. But I'm not here for that, you know. I, I, I don't know if you sort of just base. uh If you didn't watch this series and just typed it into YouTube and looked at the thumbnails and the titles staring back at you, shouting back at you, you would assume that this was universally hated. I think yeah. there's a lot of love out there for this series, but as ever, you know, the the hate is louder. And again, I'm not saying it was perfect, but overall. For me, there was three fantastic episodes, uh, a couple of just okay episodes, and Mm. one good episode. Nice. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, really, because that's just part and parcel with internet culture, right? And I think that's the way with lots of things. It's not just in Star Wars. It's in other fandoms. It's in football, as Isaac will know. (laughs) You know, Shoot. it's kind of it's commonplace in a lot of places, unfortunately. Um, Isaac, mate, so so obviously you do um your show, your podcast with Bespin Bulletin and Nick. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. you guys say something similar about um like isn't like have you seen Star Wars before? Like, you know, no Star Wars is perfect. Something along those lines <laughs> yeah, well,
2: it? yeah, I think um Yeah, it, my relationship is <clears throat> interesting with star wars mm. um and i think people do confuse that sometimes for um wanting everything to be perfect um but i do completely agree with jamie like star wars has never been perfect and without wishing to throw a co-host under the bus um i won't say which one it was uh, but they were they, <laughs> they went mate these stormtroopers kept missing the shots and i just went i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> uh. Uh, oh and you're missing the like you're missing the point like yeah
0: like a stormtrooper
2: yeah i mean you said what there's how many did you say there was two exceptional episodes uh what was what were your words Jamie? for me there was three fantastic episodes three Which fantastic was, episodes
3: episode um, one five and six
2: for me yeah so it's almost like the original star wars saga as a whole there's like <laughs> yeah. a few brilliant ones a couple of not so great ones but we we enjoy it for what it is anyway what i think this had um mm. which i'm starting to see come back which i really like is yeah no, it's not perfect there are plot contrivances but it's ultimately a fairy tale isn't it yes. So um it's a fairy tale so yeah you're gonna have plot control i'm not expecting flipping uh i don't know uh, uh, christopher Kane. Nolan. i'm not yeah. expecting <laughs> christopher nolan out of this you know i'm not expecting uh like martin scorsese out of star mm. wars um you're gonna have plot contrivances and stuff that isn't quite wor- right and weird hammy mm. dialogue but i kind of love it for that but it had charm and it had whimsy and it felt like it was made with love even if yeah it's not perfect like and we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get yeah, to we'll that. get to that. But this is, uh, yeah, I loved it. I just, I just loved it so much.
0: Well, well, let's start off there. Let's keep this positive train going because, you know, on sessions, we 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 will take both sides mm. of the coin. We're here to say, yeah, it wasn't perfect, and we will get to why it wasn't perfect. But let's start. Let's talk about what we did like about it then. Overall, for part six, in you know, all six parts, sorry. Now, what really drew you in? What moments were... Uh, the ones that hit you on any level. Um, let's let's, throw, let's go to Luke because uh, I did six recaps of you, and they were so much fun that, and we get so excited that sometimes I forget the points. So mm-hmm. um, the show, you know, why? What made it, you know, a good show to you?
1: Yeah, for for me, um, I think the show was really well, really well executed because. Yeah, there we go. Have a drink, everyone. If everyone's not familiar with the rules, have a drink. There we go. Mm. I think, um, yeah, from start to finish, it is a journey and it's a character study, but it's still a bit like what Isaac says. It still keeps that kind of cheerful adventure, fairy tale, swashbuckling feel to it, right? Um, at the beginning of the show, you've got Obi Wan who really has lost his faith a little bit, and yet he's still kind of fundamentalist. Really interesting kind of situation to be in, right? Because he's like, "No, Luke will be trained. He will do this." Blah 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 blah. And yet, you know, who's he to say that? Because he hasn't really got a faith himself. And obviously, by the end of the series, he's re- he he kind of. Realizes and recognizes his purpose in all of this story. He realizes, well, maybe it's not just his burden to just kill Vader. Maybe killing Vader isn't going to fix all of this. Maybe it's a lot bigger than that, and maybe he doesn't even fully understand that yet. But he kind of knows that's the right path. And um, for me, I, I suppose, in in a, in a quick summary, that is my favorite thing about this series: is that character growth and. Really, this spiritual journey for for Obi Wan—that's what I'd say, Matty Boy.
0: Yeah, um, who am I to disagree with any of that? My favourite parts for for me, top level, is simply the emotion they managed to eke out of this show—a uh, show which I was concerned that we know the fates of most of the characters in this. So, what can they do to kind of put us in a situation where we we doubt that, that things are going to go the way we think, or? The rematch of the century, as they dubbed it, how can they make this the rematch of the century when we know they're going to walk off? But for me, boy, oh boy, did they make it the rematch of the century because it wasn't just about clattering lightsabers. It wasn't just about um, cool flips or great choreography. It was a personal fight for the both of them. For Anakin and Obi-Wan, it was a personal fight intimate fight between the two of them which just happened to have lightsabers and you know the way that scene went was a brilliant culmination as you mentioned us now of where he started obi-wan this broken man to the acceptance some may call it rede- redemption for me it was you know it was it was an acceptance of you know the past mistakes were made yeah, yeah. here's my here's my part in it but you know it, maybe all maybe this wasn't just my burden to carry though maybe it did feel like that for the past 10 years so for yeah. me and that goes across all six parts the sheer emotion that they got out of this these wonderful characters wonderful performances great new characters as well um and yeah there's a few times when uh the onions were being cut in shea hud because uh <laughs> got a bit too emotional for me but um new Bulge. You know what? What is it about this show then? Why you know why why do you enjoy
4: it that much? Um, I think I, I was impressed by it in a weird way. I think when Revenge of the Sith came out, <coughs> and Lucas obviously thought this is the this is the two ships going bumper to bumper, even though there's a twenty year gap, is lining loads of stuff up at the end of Sith because the circle's complete and there ain't going to be anymore. To drop anything into that era is tricky, and you've had Solo and Rogue One and Bad Batch, and you know. Other things in that sort of time period, anyway, but none so <coughs> so clearly pick up characters who were left in an emotional position at the end of Revenge of the Sith as Kenobi, and what they've done, which I think is brilliant, mm. is they've kind of picked up the characters at the start of the series and they've done all the things they have done with them and they've left them at the end of it, and if they never touch them again. It's still a through line from Sith to, to a new, well, Sith to Rogue One now, I guess, but Sith to a new hope. And it makes, it still thematically makes sense. But what they've added to the characters, mm. what they've given Leia and expanded on that character so you can see her on a path, not so much Luke, but what they've given even Owen and Baru, they've got purpose they never had before. You, you think of the, the homestead scene in A New Hope and you find the bodies, and I oh, always thought they were just passively. Uh give up <laughs> no way they they put yeah, a fight they, they put a fight up we know they put a fight up exactly and there's just things like that but specifically with ben you know to we, we leave bet we, we sort of leave the show with a ben kenobi that we kind of thought would have been there all the way because head cannon. you know nobody's told us any different but <laughs> head 40 40 odd years of that so we, we leave ben where you thought you'd pick him up but no the fact that he's Cast adrift, not been in contact with anyone. Yoda sort of says, Oh, I'll teach you to commune with Qui Gon. And it's took 20 years to finally see Qui Gon, and just all these little things that they've stacked up, layered up, stacked up, layered up. And even down to the script, where there's certain phrases are said that I mean, the one that stood out to me was when he walks away and calls him Darth, which of course goes right back to that scene you can't mm-hmm. win Darth, and everyone's like, That's not his yeah. name. Well, when Lucas wrote Star Wars, it probably was his name, but it, it became a title and, and things changed. So they've even managed to smartly retcon little elements like that. So they make some kind of sense. So I just think as a as a, a mechanical process, that sounds very dry because it's a very emotional show. And yes, I was cutting onions as well. Uh, <laughs> sounds wrong. Uh, <laughs> at least never said cutting cheese. That would have been really embarrassing. But um, the, um, you know... Th- just to get all the characters where they needed to be and get the plots where they needed to be. If they want to pick it up and do another season in three years time. Great. Go for it. You know, I'm all in Uh, after that. Mm. I'm definitely all in. Mm. Jamie, what are you thinking, mate?
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could basically just repeat exactly what everybody's said so far. And I (laughs) want to do that, but just, just to summarize on that, I'm with you. Um, I got the feels at the right moments uh, with this series. And I also think, when Kathleen Kennedy came out and billed it as the rematch of the century, that was potentially a very foolish statement to make. You know, <laughs> just those those mere words. There was a lot, a lot of living up to do. You know, uh, to those words. And I suppose you could say when you're following the duel they gave us in episode three, it absolutely was the rematch of the century. But uh, it it really satisfied me overall. I don't know if it's my favorite lightsaber duel, but actually mm. the minimal dialogue was so hard-hitting yeah. in that mm. duel. The, the emotion and the performances as well. uh Ewan McGregor is the only reason why I think there should be a second season. I want a second season. We'll come to this later, I'm sure. Uh, but I know perhaps there shouldn't really be a second season, mm-hmm. but I just want to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi again. And actually, Hayden you know, there was a lot of a uh, bit of disappointment, I think, from some people that we weren't seeing much of Hayden. Uh, however, there were still episodes to come. But I think overall, you could say he was used uh, sparingly. But when he was used, I thought he was fantastic. And mm. just that little smile, that little smile when we can see a bit of his face uh, peeking out from the shattered mask, you know, and oh. there's a, a little wry smile when he says that uh, Obi-Wan didn't kill. It, it was a fantastic, just fantastic performances from uh, from both of them. A great to see them back on screen together, and also on the the press run as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just think actually this, there's a lot of talk um, out there about what this se- what this series has done in terms of canon, the damage it's done. I, I don't really see that i'm not a canon junkie anyway i've i've barely seen rebels i've seen like one season of rebels so there's a lot i'm missing anyway but for me actually this show added it gave more significance to some of the things that we see afterwards you know vader betrayed and murdered your father for example is now less of a lie still a lie but it's less of a lie so you've got that in the original trilogy just to name one even with the sequels uh, I said this uh, the other day uh, somewhere Leia now naming her son Ben has so much more mm-hmm. uh, meaning you know mm-hmm. and the lessons she taught Ben and vice versa as well we we saw character development with both of these characters we thought we knew so well uh and mm. I think I think this series has made Obi-Wan this legendary character even if you're not a Star Wars fan you know the name Obi-Wan Kenobi but I think this series has actually made him more important than ever overall to the Star Wars saga.
1: Mm, Well said, mate. Well said. Isaac, obviously obviously we grew up around the prequel era as did Mm -hmm. Matty boy. Jamie, did you grow up with the prequels? Would you say you grew up with the prequels? I was alive and I was still (laughs) growing in some ways. Um, Yeah, no, I
3: I was, um, I was an interesting age, I guess. I was pretty young when the Phantom Menace came out. I was, Mm, uh, certainly young enough not to even hear the hate for it, let alone right. understand the hate for it. But equally, I wasn't quite young enough to think Jar Jar Binks was, you know, the best thing since CGI sliced bread. You know, I, I, I didn't hate Jar Jar at all, I did, but I equally didn't love him. So it wasn't quite that yeah. catchment, I guess, but equally there was no way I heard any of the hate until a few years later. Yeah. yeah. No, I see. Hear. Yeah. Jar Jar was my boy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little yeah. bit older than you then, but I had no hate <laughs> for Jar Jar. I still I, I, now. Now I have now I have. I never had hate for Jar Jar, but now I have so much respect for Jar Jar and Ahmed Best as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and Tim the whole was name brought that character,
2: that pioneering character to life. It's amazing! It's amazing. No, yeah, uh, Obi Wan was my favorite character growing up. Um, in in a sense, you could almost say him coming back was almost like um, Mark Hamill coming back for the older generation. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit more sympathetic as to why people who had a very specific idea of Luke in their head perhaps didn't like how he came back. That being said, they flipped him now. Obi One man, he was so flipping good. I just loved him so much. You're not going to get much objective thought from me about Obi One <laughs> here. I just, uh, I just, uh, <laughs> you and McGregor man, I just absolutely love him. Um but isn't that isn't that a magical thing? Isn't that
1: a magical thing that you're like you can kinda of, you have your objections, you're aware of them, you're aware of your yeah. own criticisms, but you can kind of just go, eh. I don't yeah, really care matter. about
2: them. Right. It doesn't matter. I don't know if it might be something to do with the fact that these are prequel characters and those films are not uh <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah. but, um so we're maybe a little bit more forgiving, but I don't know, man, it just The whole canon breaking thing bothers me a little bit. Um, And not that canon was quote unquote broken or messed with. Just that um, I don't think it really matters if a good story is being told. To me, that's the important thing. Um, If a good story is being told, break canon, you know. Um, The reason uh, Leia didn't mention all these adventures uh, in the hologram to Obi-Wan uh, back in 1977, because they had no clue they were ever going to do this show. So that's why, ultimately, that's why. But I don't think we should let that stuff get in the way of good stories. And to be honest, this was a good story. This kind of went yeah. back to, I think, what what George originally envisioned for Star Wars, which was those sort of Saturday morning serials, like a bit of a soap opera. Um, and yeah, man, just just the, the my favourite bits of the whole show was just... Basically, when Obi Wan was talking about his feelings. Because yes. I'm a sensitive little sausage and all I want to do is see blokes talk about their feelings. Yeah. It, you know, it just makes me feel better about my snowflake millennial self. Um, <laughs> but seeing him just chat with, chat, when he was just talking to Leia, um, just talking, is, that, is it in episode, th- which is the one where it's got, it's not Seth Rogen, but it sounds exactly like Seth Rogen. Um, yeah, Frick, yeah, in part three. Yeah, yeah yeah when he's I mean, just that's my, that's my
1: i love that episode and i love yeah. that encounter yeah i i i think i was saying to you so i said to matty boy that was even without the vader stuff at the end that was would have been probably my favorite episode out of the first three because of that just heart to heart talking taking its time and talking i think that's what series do best I think, um, I think yeah, that's what he, we said on the recap just... as
0: well, mate, is that a lot of people will remember part three for obviously the fight at the end and Vader and Kenobi and being dragged through the fire. But actually that first half or two thirds of part three are some of the best of the series, simply because mm. it is just two people talking or one mm. sort of opening up to another age isn't a barrier in this. Um, and we get to see some great acting as well, but we also get to find out about like, the full oppression of the galaxy now we everything's going fairly smoothly they've gone there to meet a um a confidant who's not there and then freck turns up everyone's favorite trucker at the time and then obi-wan gets in the back and they see like the imperial insignia and suddenly something drops inside your gut and you think oh no you know nowhere is safe and i think there's a
2: really as i go on yeah, I was just going to say. I think the world building this show does. Mm. I mean, I don't think Deborah. I don't think this is uh, some of Deborah Chow's finest work. I'm a big fan of Deborah Chow with Mister mm. Robot, etc. Um, I don't think this is some of her finest work. I think she drops the ball a couple of times, to be honest. But mm. in terms of just like showing rather than telling, I think she does an amazing job. And she does a really good job of it. He doesn't need to get in and go, oh, no, this is an Empire vehicle. Right. He just does the slow zoom in on the emblem and then that's it. It doesn't need to be discussed yeah. anymore. Um, and, yeah, just when he's chatting with Leia, they're just some of my favorite bits. And it's and McGregor just, um, he somehow manages to just convey, like, the considering on the lead up to this, he said he hadn't even watched the prequels since he made them, which is crazy to us, I know, but, um, (laughs) he hadn't even watched them. So to suddenly just get back in that character and just um, get all the, the years of just pain and hurt. And also just the affection he felt for Anakin and Padme, um, yeah, into how he spoke to and just channel that all those things, just basically in the, how the look of his eyes was, um, yeah, it was it was everything. Like again, the prequels are our Star Wars in many ways. Um, me and you, especially Luke. So just yeah. seeing him deal with that and get more of what his thoughts were and, and Leia. I mean, that I could keep going, but that that I'll let someone else talk for a bit. But yeah. that yeah, <laughs> she's absolutely amazing. Seriously, she's incredible, isn't she?
1: The casting, I think, in this series is absolutely superb. Um, what and talking of casting. And talking of criticisms, what do people think of the character Reva? Obviously at the start of the show, um, there was a lot of controversy around her, unfortunately. Um, and let's not go too deep into the real world stuff, but obviously that affected her, Moses Ingram, it affected the show a wee bit, but just objectively speaking, how did people feel about her character and her character
4: arc? What, what what do you reckon, Mark? um I like the character arc. I mean, it 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 had a weird ending. I'll say that. I enjoyed the logic of it. Obviously, I think most people picked up that the very first kid you see in the opening scene was going to be her, so that was no massive surprise there. Um, and you know, there's been a bit of um, inquisitor history in the past, so that whole process of her sort of being indoctrinated as a Jedi, that. And brought into their processes because Order Sixty Six has happened, and anybody with any force powers is on either on the run or brought in. So that all made sense. And playing the long game made sense. And Vader figuring it out made sense. And there was lots of elements that sort of weren't massive surprises if you were kind of a bit savvy with what what the the setup was. But just the final the final episode was the only element of the final episode that didn't quite stick the landing for me was was her because she was so you could see why her vehement hatred for anakin was because anakin she saw anakin betray them she had every bit as much hatred for Kenobi because he didn't even come back and try he just bailed um you know so so for her from a kid's point of view they're the two greatest heroes in the galaxy one of them's killed all of her friends and she's had to play dead and lying you know Cold, cold corpses, as she said, and the other guy nowhere to be seen. So you could understand her disappointment and, and feeling let down. That would have only fed her hate and she would have happily, you know, taken Ben out. At one point of the show anyway, she would have happily taken him out as she could have done. But as I like the turn of the story as, as he kind of connects with her. That scene through the door, that was the one where they have that whole conversation and the moment of, you know, you're not taking me to him, I'm bringing him to you. Ben's figured a lot of things out in this moment, how she, what her motivations are, what he needs to do. He, he knows he needs to get face-to-face with Vader, so she's kind of a means to an end, but it also serves her purposes. Um, she's too good an actress not to not to use again, so I really hope there's some, even if it's an animation or comics or books or something, I hope we get more of her. Yeah,
0: I think they've kept her alive in the story for Very good reason. Uh, I'm with you on the fence sense that I think that in part six, that was the one kind of strand, which I kind of wish had been tied up by the end, you know, however they could have done Mm. that. It does seem like a rather large uh, part of the plot to keep open a narrative strand. But I think I I liked Moses Ingram throughout. I remember on our part one recap, I said, I I liked her in that. And as we went on, I think she got stronger and I think the character got stronger when she had more of a motivation um, which the same can't yep. be said for some of the other inquisitors in this series. But you know, I liked, I love the True. fact that they, they used her character as, you know, the way they changed it up. It wasn't just somebody with a grudge against Obi-Wan. I know she actually had, had a grudge against Anakin Skywalker because she was in the temple. She she saw and was affected by order 66. And, you know, Obi-Wan was almost like a means to an end of hunting down Vader. I thought that was a very clever Uh, idea and a bit more interesting than just having her be she's a bad inquisitor who you know doesn't like obi-wan because he was a jedi there's more to it than that and when and in in the first episode or the second episode when everyone was saying well how does she know who anakin is how does she know who darth vader is just wait until the story we said on the recaps wait until the story's done and then we can look back and think right did they address it yes or if not uh oh but I think the character of Reva, I I like to throw out, I do think they've got big plans for her, whether that's going to be in a continuation of this story. I'll be interested to see, but um, Jamie, mate, the character of Reva from start to finish what do you think yeah a character and a performance a bit like you matt that grew
3: on me as mm-hmm. the season went on i think she became stronger and the character became more interesting obviously as we as we learnt more and the it, never never did she feel like a character that was shoehorned in for me you know like some people out there would have you believe she was shoehorned in for certain reasons rubbish obviously uh, she felt right at home for me um again uh, the character and the performance grew and the reveal was was great. I, I bought it. It worked for me. And just the concept of having a youngling survive Order 66 and go after the guy that, you know, uh, essentially slaughtered her uh, classmates, her friends, her family, as she says, is really interesting. Um, yeah, maybe it would have been nicer to get some sort of um I don't know, more solid ending to her arc in yeah. this series, but yeah. as, as has been said already, clearly there's bigger plans for her. Um, perhaps an extra episode to have more breathing space for this arc to let it breathe a bit more um, would have been nice. But then that's a compliment because it's just says that I enjoyed this season, this series and i and, and wanted more. Um, I I I avoid leaks um, of all all kinds, um, particularly Star Wars leaks, uh, (laughs) until afterwards. Um, Now I'm hearing what was leaked, all the stuff I managed to avoid, what was right, what wasn't right. There was one theory out there that, according to a leak, that actually initially she did die in this series, and there were some Hmm. last-minute rewrites and reshoots to keep her in. I don't know if that's true, of course.
1: Well, maybe, um, obviously, Isaac is one of the pretty faces on um bob the podcast Best spin bulletins other bits the podcast best spin isaac nick have you guys got any info on the kind of ending <laughs> and if that was changed mate because i i oh, think i know you did. Like I'm,
2: I'm being asked like i'm an insider now
1: that's
3: nice <laughs> you um, are mate you are also, i, bl- I also do should bl- say uh, no offense isaac I-, I love a good leak really no offense <laughs>
2: No no no. I um I I said to Bespin, uh, do not tell me details of this series on pain of death. So I'm completely with you. I don't want stuff spoiled before I've seen it. Um I do my best to avoid it. It's difficult though. He really mm. loves spoiling stuff. Um, yeah. but- <laughs> <laughs> um I do believe that was changed. Yes. Can confirm uh, that. Yeah. I believe she was uh, going to meet her end, but didn't. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad she didn't. I think we've seen that arc too many times now where the dark side user gets redeemed at the last second and then dies. I'm kind of glad we're going to be able to see a dark sider have to face their actions, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, that's think that's, a good I think that's a nice, refreshing twist on because one of my main issues was ah the was that was just that oh the bad guy turns good again at the end. Why can't we just have a bad guy who is bad? But like you said, keeping her alive or continuing her story. Now there will be like internal and external ramifications for that character, which might actually probably make it
2: you know more interesting tenfold. To be honest, we do have plenty of characters in this who are mm-hmm. just bad. Um, there's not a shortage of those. Um, I mean, Darth Vader's in this show. So um, bad boy, yeah, yeah, he's very bad at this point. I mean, we literally, I, I can't believe that George Lucas was like, no, we're not going to show him killing younglings. And then Disney are like, yeah, whack <laughs> it in there. Chuck it in there. Nobody can, no over. one can accuse like, Disney of like disney this show. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you had all the Inquisitors. They're all just straight-up bad guys. I think having Reva... I, I agree. I, I I like her arc. Um, I, I think it could have been done better. I think like yeah. like most things with Star Wars since Disney took over, a lot of this stuff could have done with maybe another year in the oven. Um, mm. just to just to iron out the uh, just to iron out the kinks. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I've, I'm sure we'll get more. I'm sure we'll yeah. get more of her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well said, mate. And I agree, Reva. For me, um, interesting character. I don't always think that the um, the portrayal of the character from Moses Ingram was was brilliant. You know, at times I thought it was a bit hammy. Um, and I know in some spaces I'm the minority in thinking that, but I just mm. think in some in some places I'm like, nah, I think, I think they could have got a different actress to have done this, you know, actor or actress, whatever, to have done this. But at other times I thought she was, you know, marvellous, really, really good. So I feel a bit mixed on that. I feel a bit mixed on that, not the highlight of the show for me. Um, something else I complained about throughout this series was – Sometimes the effects, superb, brilliant, like Lucasfilm standard, you know, up there with the best. And then other times, just sitting there and thinking, "What on earth is going on? Is this like 2001, mm-hmm. like the weird spin-off mummy film where the rock's face is CG'd Got onto a scorpion?" thinking yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think
2: espen said to me the budget for the show was something mental, like 150 million. It was about million. 15 million or tw- 15 odd million an episode,
0: or 20 million. I an think episode it was, I was more than that. that.
2: He, I remember hearing it and thinking it was absurd. I mean, that and sounds I've very just hard. Watched- yeah, it does feel very high. He's probably wrong. Um but <laughs> <laughs> um no here I um I just watched uh, Stranger Things, right? And now I know the budget for that was less than the IB One budget. Um but it looks amazing. Yeah, um, chalk and cheese. Yeah, I don't mm. really know <laughs> I said this to you, Luke. I'm not sure mm. where the budget went here. Um, someone's someone's cooking the books. You remember mcgregor um, Yeah, mm-hmm. I do wonder. I do mm-hmm. wonder. I do wonder. Yeah. You could I see like the, volume the volume a lot, I thought. I thought you could see the volume a lot. I mm-hmm. like it, but I,
0: I'm not entirely sure it should be used, well, 95% of the time on these productions, where they recently used it on, on The Batman, and even then it was glaringly obvious which shot. But... You know, you don't really care because the rest of it was done like you would normally, and or coming up. Apparently, they've really, if at all, used the stagecraft technology. So, we're going to see a totally different look to that. Uh, some of the shots in Obi Wan were, you know, and I love me some Star Wars. I love, I'd always try to be positive, but some were abhorrent. Some were terrible. Some, yeah. though, were fine. you know there's a couple towards the in the final shot final episodes part five specifically but um what about you guys jamie i mean the volume did that does that bother you at all do you notice it yeah i think it's starting
3: to show its limitations uh in terms of size for sure and um you know how many stormtroopers can you physically safely (laughs) you know fit into that into that space um And they're using it a lot, of course, for um, Obi-Wan, Boba, Mando. And as you mentioned, Andor, I think, is going to be a breath of fresh air on screen, you know, um, because they've been using the old school stages at Pinewood and uh, maybe a bit of um, volume, uh, but also very real world location heavy as well. And and that can work in Star Wars. It sometimes doesn't work and it, you know, it, it, It didn't really work for me the one time they went on location, as far as I know anyway, in Kenobi. It was quite clearly Joshua Tree, or at least somewhere in California, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I think it's starting to show its limitations. And that is one of my minor quibbles with this uh, show. Whatever the budget is, the result we got was inconsistent when it came to production values in terms of what we can see. I agree. Uh, As a viewer, it did sometimes look great, but then sometimes looked cheap and shaky cam as well um which generally i don't have a problem with and i think we're just not really used to seeing it in in star wars i it, it didn't quite work for me but it's a minor quibble
2: yeah i've just looked it up it was 25 million dollars an episode so about 150 million
0: that's wow huge. that's well obviously it's bigger than a lot of you know uh, films out there in cinemas other than your tentpole blockbusters that's most films would love to have 150 million i mean most series would love to have 150 million uh dollars to spend on on their you know six episode parts i can see you um nodding your head at some of those moments there mark some of those points you know how how was your experience this time round with the volume compared to say Mando, where most people seem to think it was utilized really well?
4: Yeah, um, I think it's it's judicious use of it because it is a it is a new technology. They have expanded it; it's better, the the definition's better, all those elements are better, and and no doubt any director. I mean, Deborah Chow was raised with with it on Mando, so she knows it. So, and the team around her. Are, obviously experts and so on and so forth. I just wonder sometimes if it is the right choice. Robert Rodriguez was quite clear he's not a mad fan of the volume. He prefers green screen so he can tinker afterwards. He can't tinker much afterwards when when it's done on a volume. So th- a I, I get I get that there's there's choices to be made and, and I assume that in terms of quality of of depth of image and so on and so forth volume's not going to be as good as a traditional blue or, or green screen shot just because the, the definition is still getting better, 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 better. And maybe in two or three years' time, you just won't be able to pick out the difference. But there are certainly moments where, and uh, now that rock, that's where the volume starts. That table, that's where the volume starts. You know, they've got cute – I interviewed um, Hal Hickel uh, a couple of years ago on Making Tracks – And at that point, they'd got the original volume. And he said, well, we can't put characters in there. But on season two of Mando, you'll notice there's people in the background. And quite clearly on Booker Boba Fett, there was lots of people in the background. So they've got Mm -hmm. more definition. They've got but My hands look enormous on this camera. Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, (laughs) as it it, it moves forward, I think that, yeah, as it moves forward, I think they'll just make more smart choices of what's the best technology to use. Because as I say, at the moment, it's still the shiny new toy. Uh, it's understandable and, and obviously budgetary concerns, even, even at 25 million an episode, budgetary concerns are going to come into it, uh, and all the other elements. But uh, as Jamie just said about Andor, I'd heard the same. There's not much, not an awful lot of stagecraft on that. So it will be interesting to see how they do it. I'll just, after celebration, we went out to Death Valley and saw some of the, the old shooting locations, background plays from Mando, but, but you know, a lot of Star Wars and Jedi stuff there's no way there's nothing that could recreate that you know so if you can capture just a hint of that and just put something on a hill or just have a ship fly and just enough to make you forget that you're standing at Zabriskie Point or Bantha Canyon or whatever then great go for it
1: yeah I agree I agree for me I think the frustration comes from the fact that in the Mandalorian the ships look so good they look absolutely superb And when they're flying, even the way they land and take off, like Jon Favreau went out of his way to make sure that he had models and to reference the models, how they worked, how they flew, how they landed. And yet, for this series, completely out the window. Ships are just going like this. They're going, and they're flying off. Uh, Listeners, I'm sure, can visualize what I'm talking about. And it just doesn't, it's not on the usual Star Wars level. You know, I I immediately think of Attack of the Clones, you know, opening scene, you've got a ship going down to Coruscant, looks fantastic. It's not just like floating at a weird pace. I I don't know. There was just something that rubbed me up the wrong way with that because I'm like, but guys, we know we can do that. So why, what's with the ships here? I I don't know. I don't get it.
2: I I don't get it. I think you're probably starting to see a consequence of, um, just the sheer volume, no pun oh. intended, <laughs> of, um, <laughs> uh, of just the volume of, of shows that Disney plus are putting out. Um, yeah, you're, you're certainly starting. There's, um, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, you might've seen it, Matty boy, um, a few screenshots from some of the latest Marvel projects where, yeah, just with that black, is, and things like that. I yeah. just, I think you're starting to see a case. Of, there's only so much time <laughs> in a day. Mm. And, um, mm. I think there were the, rewi- the rewrites that this show went through because that was pretty, uh, me- that was put out there that there was quite a lot of rewrites. I think they wanted mm-hmm. to get this show out this year because they're, they're very much aware that it was been announced a while ago and we're all waiting mm-hmm. for it. So I, I think the to an extent. And yeah, the shareholders. Put it bluntly, that's probably exactly why. Right. It's nothing to do Good with point. us. You're very, you're very, very wise. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I think they. Um, I think you're starting to see it's not just Obi-Wan you're starting to see this as a consequence everywhere that just some of the effects are just they're going okay that's all we can do in this time Um, but I do agree with you like in Star Wars I think since ever since that I always think of that um uh, Empire of Dreams documentary. Yes. Um, when they were making Star Wars, the first one, it was such a big deal that they got the ships looking right. And there was a massive section on them making the models and making sure it all looked good. That should, that should be a priority in Star Wars to be honest. I agree. Cause
1: it sets the standard. It sets yeah. the industry standard. And I felt like in this series, that was something that was a bit of a letdown, but again, overall, we're looking at that that being my biggest nitpick. And, you know, for me, if that's the biggest nitpick, the ship's taking off and landing and not moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Even in, is it the last episode when they're, like, um, r- flying away, running away from Vader's ship? And, yes. and, and the ship is, like, doing this. It's, like, going side yeah, to side. You're like, it is very archaic. That's not how ships fly in Star Wars. Like, we know that. I know that. Like a kid probably can figure that out. Like you you don't you just it's need like to They it.
2: programmed it on a figure of eight path and just <laughs> yeah. let it do it. It was very um, video gamey, right? While really? we're on nitpicks, mm. um I just wanna <laughs> No, nah, this this is I think you'll agree with me. <laughs> yeah, got um the music. Mm. Okay, now I'm a big fan of this composer. Natalie Holt was it? Yes. I think Did Loki, absolutely right? yeah, you yeah, ever phenomenal
1: which is phenomenal. The soundtrack to Loki is okay, outstanding.
2: I, I was very excited when I saw she was doing this. Um, and it was weird. It was. I saw an interview. It was like they didn't know if they were allowed to use the original themes. I read that, yeah. Um, which is really odd to me. Um, I'd be interested to hear what happens there, but it just, I watched a, one of these fan recuts on YouTube. It's one of the few Star Wars things that makes it onto my YouTube algorithm. <laughs> um, because, um, maybe we'll talk about this another time. One of my things for having a more healthy view of Star Wars is just blocking out everything. um, <laughs> <laughs> um which is ironic because I do a podcast. Um, but, um, ironic, ironic. Um, yeah, it was um it like recut Battle of Heroes into the final uh fight between Vader and Sky and uh, Skywalker and um Obi-Wan. And um mm. it hit a lot harder, man. I got to be honest.
0: I but, saw Matt, that I'm one too.
2: A, I'm getting a different, a, getting a different vibe from you.
0: You are because, uh, and you are Isaac. I saw that one too. Like you, I try not to watch too much on YouTube when it comes to Star Wars because, like the guys have said, you know, sometimes the things that are recommended, I have no interest in watching because the algorithm thinks people want to see that. um The music, on a whole, was fine. You know, classic Jabba the heart I thought it was fine. It acted as yeah, a nice right, kind yeah. of nice sound bed to the show overall. I mm-hmm. like a lot of people. I couldn't really pick out any particular pieces of music, certainly from the first five parts and say, do you know what? That moment was great. Uh, that you know really got me. That's not to say that it was bad. That's because it wasn't, it was just, it, it was just there complimenting what was happened on stage uh, on, on set. Sorry, but part six. So the fight between Vader and Obi-Wan, I think that score was bonkers good. And I, and I, I think they look, it works nicely with battle of the heroes, but I think it was great. They've got this kind of like spiritual, ethereal kind of co- uh, choral music going on. Um, uh, again, with that kind of personal, intimate fight, it becomes less about the theme then more about the feeling. But this time I really think that actually elevated that Natalie helped very well. I got a, a slice of Marco Beltrami's work in there on, on some of the old scream films. And also Ooh. I think she's Natalie <laughs> Holt did a very low budget <laughs> horror film of which I can't remember what it's called, but the music in the film was a bit naff, but the music was like the most scary part of the film because she understood the emotion. Yeah. And I think when the, when the series called for it, I think she got it right. And of course they got the classic themes in at the end. I am of the opinion that I loved the fact that they held off on those classic themes, the Imperial March Leia, the force theme because it becomes more impactful
2: when you do finally hear them. I do agree um, with you, but I think then we need to we need to stop being baited with Jewel of the Fates in trailers.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's a good shout. Is that what fair? About, what about I'm not sounding God, miserable there, am I?
0: No, no, people have said that, about that, the trailer that, that, music. Yeah, and no, it's that not, is it's, fair because this not is the second time now, know. and
2: it's really hurting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you, Jamie, mate, the music—did you did you notice it? Um, are you in the minority uh, upon us and think actually no, it was great throughout? I, I thought it was odd. I was expecting the classic themes to be
3: used at times uh, more often. Uh, they were used, of course, in the end. Um, yeah, and that was based purely on the trailer. You know, uh, now we are used to. Um, standalone star wars projects having their own sound if you like rogue one for example solo i think as well for example um so initially i was expecting that with um kenobi but then we had the announcement that john williams was going to be um scoring the main theme or obi-wan's theme uh that kind of suggested that yeah we will be getting some classic themes as well and Mm. then we had the trailer both trailers, which, um, mm. as Isaac mentioned, used uh, baited us with Duel um, of Fates. Um, so, yeah, I was expecting it. And therefore, when I realized we ain't getting it by the end of episode one, I, I, w- I was disappointed. But, um, and overall, I would always want to hear the classic themes. But I do agree with Matt that actually, what we got, the original music we got for that episode six duel, worked really well it worked really well and i've also seen that youtube cut and that also works well but having this original uh theme for that duel makes it stand out more it makes it unique you know uh it separates it from the duel on mustafa you know Mm -hmm. in revenge of the Sith. it does it gives it its own feel and character and moment in time um and I also agree with, uh, I think Matt said, or did Luke say, somebody here said, out of the three of you, that not, that's not me, um, that when we did finally get those classic themes, Leia's theme, uh, for example, it did hit you harder. And it worked so well in that moment, especially with the dialogue, as well as the performance. Oh, uh, do You
1: and Vivian Lyra-Blett. Yeah. Don't. Well, before, before we get stuck into that, because that will emotionally wreck me Destroy <laughs> um mark obviously you've kind of been like a leader in the star wars fandom this side of the pond in the uk and europe you know you've written for star wars insider fantha tracks obviously you've heard a lot of this before right you've been around for a lot of these constructive and also destructive criticisms in the fandom I've heard a lot of talk about the music. A lot of people unhappy about it. You know, even myself, I thought that was one of the weaker parts of the series. Sometimes I felt like it felt maybe a bit vanilla, a bit bland at times. The Kenobi theme was decent. Um, and I think it's growing on me. It's something the more I hear, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the Kenobi theme. I like it more. Yeah. Um, but that last episode just smashed it for, for the music for me because it blended everything so well. What's What's the opinion? of mr newbold on something like this mate something that's really integral to good star wars right
4: yeah it is it really is and when when other composers nail it like i'd I'd say john powell's score for solos the best star wars music since phantom menace which is probably my favorite oh. Star Wars soundtrack. So, so oh, that, nice. th- it can be done. It can be done. And <laughs> Goranson did great work with Mandalorian, but that feels so different to everything else. But it's still recognisably Star Wars, even mm. though if you listen to it, it also it almost sounds like Rocky because um, <laughs> he did the score for Creed, yes. so it just reminds me of Rocky. But that doesn't hurt <laughs> either, because uh, you know Apollo Creed's in it. But there you go. Um, so, so the, the music is integral. And with this one, I've not lived with it enough. I've not heard it enough. One thing I would say as a negative, I couldn't hum you the Kenobi theme right now. it's not in there yet. It's it's not yeah, in there. I yet. But I know as I, as I live with it and I watch it and start repeating it, I've not I've not done a rewatch yet, I've just watched each episode once because I wanna sit down one afternoon when I'm not piling through stuff on Fantra or whatever, and just watch the whole the whole bunch. In fact I do know somebody who's editing them all together without the intros literally stitching it as a film it's yes. gonna be about three hours forty, I think he said, by the time he's done it. So I might just have a bash at that. But nevertheless, I totally agree with that That final battle. It need like you say, it wasn't on Mustafar. Jewel of the Fates was Mustafar. Oh, sorry, Jewel of the Fates was Phantom Menace, but Battle of the Heroes was Mustafar. Um, so, you know, each big theme has its own place. You tag it to a location. You know, this was happening, you know, in, in that final episode. In a different place, it was the same people, the same kind of emotions, but more mature it was a more mature emotional version of of that battle in in revenge of the sith because they've both lived with the consequences of what they did for, for what is it 10 years now you know and the kids are growing up and and the stakes are still as high but the galaxy is in the worst pace so it's the same anger and vitriol almost but more mature so anakin knows that he was the one that screwed up and and yeah. does this whole psychological thing of splitting the two characters which again plays forward beautifully. Oh. What they did musically in that scene was they played off all of that, but they didn't do a greatest hits. One one criticism of solo, which I adore, is that there's a couple of there's a couple of too many sort of you know when you're watching a Bond movie and every, some <laughs> some Bond movies every time Bond raises an eyebrow, it's da 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 and other times like <laughs> like in, like in Goldeneye, you get halfway through golden Eye, you don't hear that music until he smashes that statue down with the tank and the yeah. impact is perfect it's brilliant so it's judicious use of, of key themes and williams is so clever at doing that and i think the more we live with this score and it's out there it's out there on digital now i think the more we listen to it and just working away with the headphones on i think little elements little motifs suddenly start pinging and pinging and you'll get them so i think it's one we've got to live with i really do it's not an instant score that's what
1: happened with me uh and rogue one the rogue one michael giacchino right mate boy Um, particularly what's that absolute banger of a track your your father father would be proud. proud oh my days that Mm. that piece of music is absolutely gorgeous absolutely gorgeous um and now it's one of my favorite pieces from star wars so you know for me that was a grower so maybe that might be the same with obi-wan i'm not sure i'm not sure right now go on isaac mate
2: i can see uh, Uh, yeah yeah i was i agree with everything that's Mm. been said however i don't think it Necess- and I think this is this was kind of a little bit of my issue with Rogue One as well. Mm. And again, I sound like a miserable git. Um, it's <laughs> we sort of I get that we need new music, and we need new motifs and new themes and new composers and new styles. But especially with Rogue One, and I think with this as well, Rogue One sounded like, and this isn't about Rogue One, uh, but Rogue One sounded like it was very much a Williams. Uh, he was taking Williams style, which Giacchino does very well. He did only <laughs> um, have about five weeks or whatever it is to make that score. I mean, yeah, that guy, that poor guy, He's just yeah. he had the same for Ratatouille and he absolutely smashed it. Um, but um, same with this. I, I get it, uh, new motifs, etc. I just think for something that felt essentially like a, episode 3.5, a few more doesn't have to, you don't have to bring out the bangers. I man. agree. Like there's plenty of, there's plenty of like stuff you themes you could pepper in, um, into, into your own work, which would make it, cause it kind of just, it was almost, the, the themes were so absent that it was almost distracting for me. Is that possible? Mm. That's a really Does that good makes point. sense?
0: The, yeah, the, the episode three point five comparison. When you kind of contextualise it like that, that it's a continuation of Revenge of the Sith leading into a New Hope, then you can kind of look at it and think, Yeah, man, hey, like, my, my favourite cool to hear
2: my favourite fates motif just just slightly in the background, just bits and p- bits and bobs, um, like like how John Williams did with Episode One. Like if you listen to Episode yeah. One, if you think of Episode One in a vacuum, there's almost nothing from the original trilogy in there. Really, you listen hard but no. there are little bits peppered in. And there are bits and bobs in there, especially the Imperial March. You hear parts of, I think it's in episode five, you hear like parts of that being pepped in. But I yes. just think it was almost, it was a little bit distracted. My favorite Star Wars uh, film is The Last Jedi. So I'm not crazy. I don't need like constant fan service. That's not me. But I do think <laughs> there's like room for. I think there was room for a f- just a few more bits peppered in because it was like, Oh, you've got, you've got nothing. And then we're slapping you round the face with three or four themes right at the end. And they hit like amazingly. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I was a bit like, Oh my, oh, 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 what is happening? I was a bit like, a bit like a guy holding on to like, like a boat that's in a storm, like as, as like stuff, you know, those guys, going, you know,
4: <laughs>
2: do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, again, I love Natalie Hull. I'm a big fan of her work, so this is not a criticism of her by any stretch of the imagination. I just think there's a middle ground to be had. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. But no, no, getting, that makes perfect
0: sense, mate. Um, and maybe if we get a second season, which we will get to shortly, we will get more of that. I mean, before we get to that, I did want to ask you guys, though, so, We've mentioned the, the kind of OG characters or the big boys. You've spoken about the score and the volume and the directing. I think Deborah Chow did a great job for the most part. Um, but I just wanted to get your guys' views in from about, about the new characters, Harja, Tala, Roken. And for those who haven't seen Rebels or, you know, the Inquisitors, you know, the, the Grand Inquisitor came with a lot of pomp and ceremony about the size of his loaf. And in the end, I think people got over the fact that he had a normal-sized head. But, you know, the fifth <laughs> brother stu- in the first three episodes was present, and then and the fourth sister kind of stood around and didn't really do an awful lot in this. So, you know, as, as for the new menagerie of characters, including the Inquisitors, you know, what were your guys' thought? I think Tyler was great. Haja grew on me. Roken, I think we're going to see more of. Um, Newbold, you know, th- those new characters, how do you think they were established and settled in?
4: Uh, as for the Inquisitors, obviously, we've if you've seen Rebels, you'll be familiar with a lot of those characters. uh Fallen Order, I think there's Inquisitor. I, I, I'm not sure if there's any overlap with with the Inquisitor characters there. I think there might be the Purge maybe
0: were, and um, yeah, obviously the Fortress was derived from Fallen Order. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. So, so good overlaps there. But in terms of the new characters, Hadder I liked. I could see him popping up in things, and certainly in in uh, ancillary material, like books and comics. There's enough about him that you could do something with it. Uh, the trust that Kenobi puts in him was kind of cute. Um, Tyler, I really hoped she'd get through. I was really hoping we'd see her five years later in Rogue, well, in um, Andor. rather. I really hoped that she'd be a character that they would track and follow. So uh, not everyone can get out of these things alive. Uh, I was sad that she didn't make it through the through the show. Um, Roken mm-hmm. didn't grab me. I, I get the logic of the character. Uh, I certainly think you'll see more of him. Uh, the actors thrilled to bits to be a part of Star Wars, which is always great to see the enthusiasm there. But but that didn't do anything for me. The character I, that really did it for me was was Wade, the snow speeder pilot that got taken out um, by the... Uh, <laughs> the box. He was the star of the show for me.
0: Yeah, I love well, R.I.P. Wade. Justice for Wade. But, uh, Pevy Jamie, you know, guys,
4: I know J- Jamie's got to
0: wrap up pretty short, shortly, but um, what do you guys think about how the new characters were incorporated i'm with mark actually Roken didn't really make much of an impact
3: on me uh i enjoyed tala's character and yeah it might have been nice to see her pop up again in Andorra. I agree with that um as somebody who's um really just started rebels and hasn't got beyond the first season yet <laughs> um i was very confused like everybody it turns out to see the grand inquisitor die i was very confused by that because it was so fresh the fact he had died literally like a week before for me having only just seen rebels for the first time so i was like what again um so soon but i i thought for the minimal screen time he got uh, rupert friend uh, nailed it he, he really did uh his yeah i agree the way he reacts in uh i think it's episode six yeah it is episode six when um Kenobi, when they take the bait, when Vader's like, no, that's not just any Jedi, we, we go after him, the way he reacts just by moving his lips, <laughs> it's fantastic. He doesn't want to say anything because it's Darth Vader, that's his boss there, and it's not just any old boss. Just the mannerisms, uh, are wonderful, and his reappearance was one of my. Fa- <laughs> it's silly, but it was one of my favorite moment. scenes in the in the series. You know, hello, the, hello. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. So no, on the, on the whole, the new characters uh, were cool, yeah. But I'm, I'm with Mark there on Roken; didn't really make much of an impact. But I think they've got plans for him, haven't they? As well, beyond this somewhere.
1: mm, Yeah, the rumors that he might appear in Andor. Um, yeah i thought I thought some of the new characters were would were, were decent um again I thought uh haja at times was a little bit too over the top for my liking right he was a little bit um yeah a little bit jokey i think in places where it it wasn't always needed but then again I suppose otherwise it might have been a little bit of a serious a serious too serious show i don't know maybe it's just it's kamal nanjani right he plays yeah i just i just don't know if again i don't know if he was the
2: right guy to play this i think he i think he himself is an acquired taste you know dragon Um, yeah i i I, um i really like him so i really like the character so but yeah well there we go
1: there we go but yeah i'm right uh, isaac's right uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) enough said no i i for the most part i think i enjoyed rupert friend i think like what jamie said spot on absolutely loved his portrayal and throughout the season all of that kind of again controversy around his head no one cares no one cares if a good story is going around, and uh, or if, if a good story is being told, and you, you just kind of lose focus on all of that rubbish. A bit like my biggest complaint being the CG ships. You know, does it bother me? It does. Ultimately, though, it doesn't hinder my my love for this series that much. But let's see, the future will be the judge of that guys i'm gonna have to
3: um love you all and uh leave you all um because my mum is uh, i'm staying at my mum's at the moment i'm looking after her she had a knee replacement recently and i am full-time carer she hasn't eaten yet she's got meds to take which require <laughs> eating at the same time she might die if this
4: podcast continues <laughs> the way it's Obi-Wan. continuing
3: which could be uh, another because few.
0: i'm probably gonna have to go if that's all right <laughs> and it's not personal <laughs> uh, we, we, we did say at the top of the show star wars is what we're here for but i kind of think your reasoning may be pretty solid so um before we go mate we me luke and i we've been on um your youtube channel many times and hey look we'd live on there if we could but for those who are uninitiated and don't know where to find you where can the world find you mate
3: uh youtube.com forward slash the geek end uh, yeah i'm not good with titles <laughs> and names and what have you but it's the geek end like uh g-e-e-k-n-d uh i don't know why and um yeah that's it really and it's star wars it's a star wars youtube channel so uh, the bread and butter is uh interviews with actors um past and present and uh some silly stuff as well
1: awesome that not it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the, uh, obviously my favourite being your interview with—is it Little Ross, the lad who is the Martha Skywalker? There are too many of them. What are they going to do? The kid that
4: gets yeah, killed, who,
3: who, who yeah. Mark also interviewed too. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. that's that, and Brian Blessed and Ahmed Best are the ones that have had the views, if you like. It's pretty hit and miss doing Star Wars interviews, especially on YouTube. And yeah. sometimes yeah. there is a genuine, sweet story or revelation that comes out of the interview. Other times, you know. Um, Unless somebody can twist it into something that's remotely toxic sounding in a headline, they just don't get traction. And I have been on the the receiving end of that, where one of my quite earnest interviews actually got turned into something very negative. Yeah, that. Um, Tim Rose. Tim Rose, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing with Star Wars interviews. Unless you have a genuine, sweet revelation moment or something toxic, it's they don't really get the traction but um there's a lot there and yeah ross and um, ahmed and brian are probably the the greatest hits in terms of views not necessarily the best interviews but in terms
1: of views so the geek end on youtube right thank you so much for coming on to the round table jamie i'm sure we'll no, have you, on you. Again I'm same, mate. you
3: i'm really sorry for leaving early but great to luke and matt and also mark again who are know and meeting isaac for the
1: first time Cheers! All right, right. all right, okay. (laughs) See you later, mate. Thank you so So, much. Cheers, mate. Take care. Top, cheers, mate. You, By the way, Big my, thoughts on
3: se- my thoughts on season two. I can't. I want it, but I know I shouldn't. And I said earlier, the main reason why I just I'm not done with you, McGregor, as Obi Wan. yet I, I think he's needs back in some way. So if you want to quote me on that later, while you talk about season two, yeah, I'm kind of there, but it feels a bit wrong. Like you know that last that last round that you probably shouldn't have had. We might regret it afterwards, but it oh, feels yes. right in the moment. Okay, see you later. <laughs> Good night. See you, Bye. mate.
1: I do love that Stangroom. I really, really do. Uh what a lads. All right. So um we're one down, but there's still lads on the round table. We're still with we're, we're still with Isaac, we're still with Mark, Jabba the HUD, Luke Blywalker, obviously. Um we're starting to like kind of wrap things up here anyway, but I wanted to kind of get your opinions on the last episode in particular and how that kind of um I don't know, has this like lovely little crescendo from the rest of the season. Like, how did you guys love that? Were you emotionally wrecked like I was, Mark? Yeah, I see you nodding, mate. Go on, man.
4: Yeah, I was, and and I wasn't expecting to because cause the older I get, the more cynical I get, um, and so <laughs> you can you kind of know when you're being played emotionally and when things are sort of manipulating you. And sometimes you just roll with it and enjoy it, and you know have a little, you know, whatever, a little uh, sniffle, and that's all good. Um, I saw Elvis the other day and I was in bits at the end of it and I knew what happened. Such a good film. Brilliant film. film. Loved it. Yeah. Film of the year for me. Film of the Mm. year for me. But, Mm. but with this, the, the, the moment in the battle, obviously, when the helmet's broken, big throwback to Rebels. Jamie will get to that. Uh, and, you know, and just the, the, everything that was said and the way it was said and the performance, just that was one of those little perfect storm moments for Star Wars. That was beautiful. And, you mentioned it earlier, Leia and uh, and Ben on the platform. Or it's Obi Wan again, I should say. It's not Ben then. His return to being Obi Wan on the platform and all around that little moment oh. with the music and just everything—the way it was acted and performed—that weirdly got me in a way I didn't expect. And sitting mm. next to my wife, going, "You all right, Mark? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm loving it. i mean, this. <laughs> I did not expect it to get me like that." You know, especially something that because we're in and around it all the time. We talk about it with guys like yourselves Mm -hmm. and other people and we do the podcast every week. And it's something that's constantly in your thoughts. So when it catches you off guard like that and you lose yourself in the moment because and almost because it's Star Wars, I appreciate it more because other stuff that I'm not living and breathing every day catches you out. Great, you know, but this is your investment in the
0: characters, isn't it?
4: yeah and you kind of feel like you're on top of it so you kind of feel like you should know what's coming and then when a moment like that gets performed so well and it takes you out of yourself and you're just in the moment with the characters i I really appreciated that so that'll be my big takeaway from kenobi actually is it got me in a way i didn't think it would yeah me too exact same
2: yeah mark i think um i actually agree and echo everything you said and just um like sort of carrying on from your point really i just want to I thought this, uh, this series did wonders for, um, both, uh, Luke and Leia's, um, ad- uh, parents adoptive. They're a parent. They're their parents. Yeah. Um, both of them. Cause I think we've always thought, Oh, well, Luke really had a rough end of the deal. Um, you know, his sister got to go and be a princess on Alderaan. And we really saw that like Leia's parents are amazing. Um, down to when they said, uh, what's that? And she said, it's a holster. And, and, uh, and, uh, I, I'm really sorry. I don't remember Bell's wife. There we go. That, uh, she goes, um, I love it. And I was like, oh, this, this poor, this like girl, she just had the perv- and it makes that older on, um, uh, blow up just that much more impactful. Yes. Um, but then at the same time, I'm looking at Luke and I'm like, Mate, Owen and baru they're flipping class, man. Like, it's when uh, uh, Reva goes, cool, you really view him as your own. And Owen, who's the very stoic, very traditional masculine guy, if you like, goes, no, he is my own. Like that. And that that sort of stuff, I was just like, damn, man. Like, that got me hard. And do you know what? The bit that really made me feel something, made me feel... It's when Owen goes, Hey Ben, you want to meet him? And it's just such oh. a, the way he delivers that it's the most, it's the most, it's the tiniest little line and it's not immediately, uh, obvious how that might be emotional, but having grown up with the films, etc., cetera, seen Obi-Wan, uh, seen Obi-Wan's, uh, relationship with anakin etc and you know he's been there for 10 years and it only just dawned on me there he'd never met the guy never met the kid yeah. like he's Since like dropping delivered him, off.
4: him. Yeah, yeah
2: delivered them in his arm he basically delivered the kids man like he was he held those kids before anyone else yeah didn't he really yeah, yeah. um and he goes Do you want to meet him and ewan's face just lights up and i was just like okay yeah I, the show could have ended there Yes. I mean, you know, the Qui-Gon bit was was nice, but the show could have ended oh, yeah. there at Hello There. And I kinda of thought it would end at Hello There. <laughs> yeah. <bit> like <laughs> Hello there.
0: Yeah, I think the show what it did was actually really, really, really develop the character. I think Newbold mentioned it earlier on that you know the, the characters that we know and love, how we now see them retroactively in future stories has actually increased so much more. So for example, when we see well, the thunder charred corpses of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru... You know, we now know that well. They went down with a fight. You know, Beru busted out those galactic shotguns, yeah, and we, sure. s- you know, she took a few down with her. And but, uh, but now we've seen them. And like uh, Pevy said, you know, the it, it, you know inwardly we know Owen loves Luke, but outwardly, externally, he's t- he's far too brush brash and masculine to say that out loud. But it's that kind of crack through which uh, Joel Edgerton did so well, kind of challenging that Phil Brown vibes from the. From a new hope, um, oh, he was him, wasn't he? It, it was. He it, it pretty much was him at that moment. And yeah, it was amazing. In a new hope, you know, for the for the last forty years, we've seen a lot of Obi Wan and Luke's relationship, and you know, Leia yeah. shouts Ben Kenobi. I oh, she knows who Ben is. Now that line when Luke rescues him means a lot more. When the last thing Obi Wan sees in his, you know, in his re- in his real body, rather than becomes a force ghost, is Luke and Leia. Now that is, even that scene has increased now because okay. when he looks at them and smiles, not only are they reunited for the first time, but he's been through it all with them. And it's the thought of the kids that got him out of that hole in part six. And, you know, there's so, and, uh, you know, o- Obi Wan himself has managed to be, be uh, developed more so than the Organas, like Pevy said. You know, everybody who we know and love in this has actually grown into something uh, bigger because of some really, really great writing, but also the performances as well. The performances were fantastic yeah. throughout for the for the, for the, for the most part, the performances were great in terms of the main characters. They were fabulous, but that's my main takeaway is somehow they've managed to elevate these characters. We've you know known for however long it is. We've loved this yeah. franchise for and, and make those later films even better somehow, which is what any good kind of prequel or, um, you know, prior story, should do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's kind of ridiculous that we knew kind of where this series would begin. We know how it kind of ends. We know what happens to all of these characters and yet we still got emotional by the end of it. And through watching this, I don't know about you guys, but it just makes me want to go back and watch revenge of the Sith. Yeah. A new hope empire strikes back return of the Jedi. It just makes me just want to go back and watch more star Wars. And that's kind of, that's kind of the best reward you can have, isn't it? After watching a series, you just invested even more into the universe. And that's kind of what yeah. star Wars does so well or has done so well historically. Anyway, um, I adored this series. I really adored this series. I wasn't expecting such an emotional reaction from it. Um, yeah. That, that kind of last 10, 15 minutes of that part six, Oh my word! It destroyed me. From from Leia and Kenobi on the platform talking, talking about Leia's parents, and Obi Wan's accepting who kind of Anakin is and was. You know, in his head, yeah. That, you know his his friend is no longer there. His friend is dead. He's passed away, and that even a bit like what you were saying, Matty Boy and Isaac. You know, like it only adds to what Obi Wan says in the originals. You know that in his head. Yeah, Anakin's not there anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so Luke's father, yeah, he died. He died. Um, there's just so much in this. And I think that's. Ian where, McDermid. Oh, my word. Dermid. Oh, my God. I mean, damn much more. It, I mean, yeah, they just turned up. And you're know, like, and the, but, but we, they turned up and they were used very well but that's not all we're talking about We're we're talking about the main characters. We're not talking about a cameo. We're talking about like the main characters of the story, the people that did cameo just added to that story. And again, I think that is because of the strength of the show, the strength of the story. Um, I love this. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know what people would grade this series overall out of 10. Um, slash any sort of final thoughts. Um, Isaac, I, I know you got, you look like you want some, want to say something. Go on, mate.
2: I, w- I was just going to say, I think, I think the Palpatine cameo was perfect. Yeah. Um, made total sense to me. Yeah. If there isn't a season two, the Qui-Gon thing is like, I could have not had that. Is that, I don't know if that's, um, controversial to say, um, you don't hear many people saying that because uh, it's, it's nice a lot of people. Back,
0: it? well, it's, well, it's a great chance to see Liam back. But I think to a lot of people, even and me included, if we don't get a season two, that you know, Qui Gon returning and saying, "Look, we've got a long way to go." He's not talking about you know, literally in terms no, of no. miles to cover. So now I can be like, "Oh, for the next nine years, that's what they were doing. They were just communing through via the force." So
2: yeah, sure, it just felt a li- like that was the most of the whole show that felt like the most let's put this in for the fans uh, than all of it that's just me it's a my it's a very minor gripe it's a very minor gripe um don't get me wrong um especially as it seemed to have been set up as a very important plot point as in if if you think of like Chekhov's gun he was doing the oh I can't hear the Jedi of the past no that was trust um I can't hear you master i was talking to qui-gon wasn't he right at the beginning um yeah the qui-gon thing you could have left that out for me um but overall i i like (laughs) and again all objectivity really goes out the window of this with this show (laughs) for what i wanted from a star wars thing it's similar to uh, lego like the lego star wars game like i just i loved even though i know it's not perfect yeah. um i gotta give this i gotta give it a nine and i know this is mental because i've said like a whole bunch of things that kind of annoy me a little bit but in terms of what i want from star wars like yeah it's a nine like I, there's a few things i'd improve but on the whole it's everything i could have wanted to be honest mm.
4: new bold what are you thinking mate I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a Qui-Gon line from Phantom Menace when he looks to, at Anakin and says, "Feel, don't think, be in the moment." And Ooh. I'm thinking that when Ben and Owen have that little exchange, <laughs> and Owen says, "Do you want to meet him?" and Ben has just had the whole conversation about it, No, nobody could protect him like you guys have protected him. Even me, you know, they've just basically stood up against a Dark Force user with a lightsaber and give it everything to protect the kid. And I know. You know, Reva still got to him and had her moment of conscience, which that's what saved Luke essentially. But Owen and Brewer couldn't have done more. And you're not having Sith Lords turning up at the homestead. It's going to be Tusker Raiders and so on and stuff like that. And things that Ben now mm-hmm. can see that they could comfortably handle. Uh, so I think that moment, uh, that's a moment of Ben almost letting go, a moment of Ben making the yes. decision that's a bit more meta, that, a bit more sort of bigger than just him. I think that's yeah. the moment where Qui Gon. When Ben says, "You know, where have you been?" and he says, yeah, "I was always here, but you weren't ready to see me." I think that's the that's the moment where Qui Gon and Ben are ready to have that moment, and I love the fact that it was at the lip of Beggar's Canyon where the where the Buntari Pod Race took place. The I race think was. There's, a, there's just a little bit of connection there. So for me, I I, I really did value not that you didn't value it, Isaac, but but that I thought that that Qui Gon moment was was really important because I think that was. That was Ben's – that was the final exclamation point on Ben's journey throughout this whole series because at the start, when he's cutting meat on that, that great big sort of desert shark thing, whatever it was, you know, and he's desolate and just no fight left in the man at all and we see him literally get his mojo back. He might as well have had a James Brown soundtrack for this because it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? it just felt like he was getting his all his groove back. And at the end, the exclamation point, for me anyway, that's how I read it, was that Ben has turned a corner and now he's ready for the next phase of of being on Tatooine and overseeing Luke's development. And he's on hand now. He says it to Bale. If you need me, you know where I am. You know, it's you know just what? a turning point.
2: I think you've just completely changed my mind on that. <laughs> 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 really a greater judgment. New one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: it just so it just felt like a nice a nice sort of wrap up and and, and I agree with all <laughs> what you've all said that if we do get a second one, I'm all in. Like Jamie said, want to see more of McGregor because um, he was yeah. brilliant, and I think uniformly the cast were top-notch definitely want to see lyra again she might grow up and be six foot tall and not be the right sort of build for (laughs) Carrie fisher but right now she's perfect so use her right use her because she's perfect but yeah if they don't do anything then as i say i think that that final moment where they were the import of what's just been said the Mm. links for the the casting forward to what we know and just to wrap up my little bit it's like you guys have said i now really for the first time in so long If Star Wars is on the telly, I'll watch it. If A New Hope turns up on the telly, I'll watch it. But I don't generally seek it out to watch it because I've seen it a hundred and God knows how many times since (coughs) I was a kid. I now actively want to sit down and watch A New Hope because all that that's in my head now, I just want to assimilate it again. It's put a new, in a way I never thought I'd ever get, to be honest, certainly not since 2005, just layered something else on that I'm just mega keen to watch it.
0: Well, Rogue One did a pretty good job of leading into A New Hope but looks like Kenobi's done a pretty good job for the most uh, for the most part then. I guess the final thing is then for you guys, Jamie said, you know, he wants a season two because he wants to see more Ewan. Do you want a second season? I mean, do you want, and should we get here, are two different things but do you want a second season? Me? Uh, I think it ended so perfectly that I don't no, if we need one but would i like to see one um yes i would like to see one do we need one no i don't think so and new bold we've got to get your grading as well by the way for the entire season so get thinking about that one but um isaac mate do, do you think about it do you think um do you think we'll do you want a second season of kenobi if if, if it's up to you and sometimes i wish it was
2: yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a no brainer to me. Um, to, to me, there's so much smoke that I'd be shocked if it didn't happen. Um, I think Mark alluded to it earlier. You've got Ewan going, oh, I'd love to go again. I mean, you've got Deborah Chow saying there's plenty more stories to be told. Yeah, uh, You've got Liam Neeson saying... Uh, t- to me, the Liam Neeson cameo at the end was like a... Oh yeah, there's more coming. You'll see more. I oh, don't really? think you get Liam Neeson fitted into a new Jedi robe for five seconds of screen time. That would just be really bizarre. Um, and let's be honest, that guy will do anything. I mean, the films he's been in recently, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got wow. skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, said he wouldn't do James Bond cause he's a Shakespearean actor. Um, but yeah, I'd 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 love more, and like I said, like I get it, like canon wise, canon wise, like does it make sense? Probably not, but I'm not. Uh, I I often make the it's happening more and more. Actually, I make the comparison between Doctor Who and Star Wars, and Doctor Who's got like if you. <laughs> If you went back through Doctor Who's, like, 50-year history, there's some mental stuff, man, that has been, like, life-altering for the course of the Doctor, but they just sort of move on. And I think we could we could probably learn a thing or two from Doctor Who when it comes to... They just do what's a good story, man. Um, it doesn't always hit, but, like like there's a bunch of stuff that's happened recently in the last few years with Doctor Who, which is not great. I don't love it, but you know, in five years time, we're not going to be thinking about it. Like it's not a big deal. And I think right. with Star Wars, there's an argument to be made, maybe not to that extent, but just like, if there's good stories to be told, let's just, let's have them, you know? And that's something that I've developed in myself. I used to feel very um, strongly about the fact that there probably shouldn't be I used to feel that there was too many Jedi in the original trilogy era with Cal Kestis etc like it doesn't make sense that there were so many Jedi um as I've mellowed and grown up, I it doesn't matter probably not really like they're good stories you're going to step on toes in in Star Wars canon it's going to happen so yeah bring it on That's what I say like they're good actors they seem to I would ultimately I'd like to see now they've had a season to bed in I'd like to see what they did with another season. Just now, they're comfortable. They found their feet with what they're doing, especially um, Ewan McGregor with with, with Obi wan as a character. I'd like to see what he does with another season. Now he's bedded himself back into that role. Mm.
0: No fair play, dude, and uh, I, I, mm. agreed on, on that. It comes down to the story. If if the story is right, you know, there's they can do whatever they want, I guess. And I think they've shown that with this. I think if they did a second season, maybe I wouldn't want darth Vader and obi-wan to fight again but if they did would it be like altering no because it it's all down to how well they put pull it off and portray it um newbold do you do you want a season two should we get a season two and what are you you in season one
4: uh well i'll start off i'll give i will give season one a, a strong 7.5 stroke eight Ooh. Now, now, bearing in mm. mind that my mm. favourite Star Wars anything is Empire Strikes Back, and that gets a nine because to me nothing gets a ten. You can always improve anything. So, so I would give it a, a strong seven point five stroke eight, which I think is a pretty good, pretty good go out the gate. To be fair, uh, I don't think they put much wrong, many feet wrong, if any. Uh, I think Star Wars as a franchise is the king of retcons and workarounds. And so (laughs) I don't think there's a lot that they couldn't, if they identified something that was glaringly wrong, I think there's not much they couldn't, you know, figure out. As for a season two, I'd I'd love to, or a second limited series, I'd love to see one, but I wouldn't want to see it for about three years. I think there's enough other stuff going on. I think it'd give them time. I think the writer who was working on the movie said they worked it up as a, as a trilogy. And what we've just seen was kind of based on, the first movie so they've got other ideas and of course you know there's other uh, you know other Mm. things can go back to if they want to john jackson miller's kenobi there's other things they could dip into if they wanted to uh i just have a feeling in the same way that i don't think we'll get a second season of book of boba fett but boba fett's back in the world i just wonder whether or not they'll do another series it's another ip it's another logo it's another brand it's something else to sell that has kenobi in it and characters from that era that's a few years on, that's closer to other things, that they can overlap if they want to. I just wonder whether now Kenobi's back out there as a character. There's nothing to stop him turning up in other shows. Like now, I think, ahsoka's become our gandalf so i think you'll see ahsoka turn up down the timeline in lots of different things like the white wizard and just appear and help and do things yes you know beyond the ahsoka series which i'm sure that'll become a a regular seasonal thing but nevertheless she as a character can turn up in animation she can turn up in live action as a character she can dip in and out I think maybe now Ben's out there. I'm saying out there, of course, he's primarily on Tatooine looking after Luke, but we've established that he can leave. He's got a ship. He can go around. He's not in the hut yet. We need to see him in his, you know, Ben's hut and stuff. You know, there's things New that digs. you still haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. We we never saw little Biggs and Kami and Fixer at Toshi Station. There's things I didn't see in this season I want to see in season two. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see a second go with Ewan in the role I don't know whether it would literally be a season two of Kenobi, right. I think it could be something more with other characters. You know, you've got all these fulcrum characters like, like Cassie and like Ahsoka I've mentioned, like, uh, I think Bale is a, is a fulcrum. So, you know, maybe Ben becomes a fulcrum. There's, there's options to do things with these, these characters. and Maybe that's how we'll see them again.
1: Yeah, I agree, mate. I actually completely agree with that. Um, I would lo- I'm actually a bit on the fence on whether I want to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi season 2. In in my eyes, you know, it wrapped really well and uh, there are some loose threads, but I think maybe they could just be answered elsewhere. Um I'm not too sure, but then again, let's see. Let's see. I was always like, I am always a little bit dubious about these kind of like individual character driven series. You know, that's not usually a Star Warsy thing, but this just proves me wrong. So I'd be so pleased if I was proved wrong again. Um, yeah, I'd, I am I'm, I, I'm split in between it. I'm, I am I'm split. Uh, Matty Boy, have you got a grade? for this season yet i know we've kind of Ooh. done we you can mathematically work out from our recaps what our kind of score would be but oh, yeah. you know now it's been it's been a week it's been a week um what are your thoughts on it mate where's it sitting right now it's it's high it, it's very high um mm. like everyone who's
0: contributed tonight has said is it perfect no of course mm. it's not there are moments looking back narrow, i think oh yeah actually they, they would work really well as part of a binge, but kind of in yeah. that week to week, I think, Oh, actually considering the highest of the highs, you know, there are some parts of it, which were not as um, good as the other parts, but oh, for the whole yeah. though, mate, I had, a, I'm not going to lie for the whole, but I had a great time, you know, for, for all the reasons I've mentioned and for pretty much most of the reasons you guys have as well. There's so much to love about this. And if we get a second season, great. If they want to do a se- series about the path, following Roken and maybe Mm. Reva joined or whatever, Mm. you know, there's a way of integrating it. Then, then he can bring people like Quinlan Vossin and all that, who they name dropped and people like that. But for this one though, mate, uh, again, without going through and doing an average of the scores I gave, because I can't remember, I'm going to (laughs) give Kenobi as a whole, I'm going to give it a, big fat 8.8 out of 10. Oh my days. Because there wasn't any episodes I thought, oh man, that really was, that was a pile of old dung. That wasn't great. Um, And uh, the first episode I think was superb. The last one was excellent. The fifth one was very good. Uh, Part three was great. Parts two and four were fine. So, um, but nothing which I thought, oh man, I really don't fancy going back to rewatch that episode. So very high for me, mate, with the caveat that if there is a second season of Kenobi, I'd like them to, like with, like with anything, sit down, like a pro- in project management, you sit down, you go back over what worked and what didn't work and try and smooth out those edges for the next time. But what about you, though, mate? What are you mm-hmm. giving out of 10 and,
1: you know, final thoughts on the season? I, like, I liked your little project management little, oh, yeah, little lots reference of meetings out, like about that. meetings. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would, my, my gut says eight out of 10. 8 out town, which is really high, solid, really high, yeah, solid. Uh, I loved it. I, 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 for me, I do think that last episode was really. Really, really special, and I felt like more of the budget went into that, you know. So, in 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 a few ways, um, so yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this, and I'm sure this won't be the 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 last time we speak about Kenobi. I'm sure we'll be ke- we'll keep talking about this, and again, I think that only highlights how special and uh, precious this series has been, and that's the only thing I'm wary of with a season two. You know, is would it? I don't know. Would it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going I'm to I'm leave, leave it there. I've yeah. said what I said. I said what I said on that, and then I'll leave it. I'll leave it. But, uh, yeah, there we go. There we go.
0: Well, I think, lads, we all agree, Obi-Wan Kenobi, quite a good show. And we wouldn't mind seeing a second season if they want to. But the clamour, the clamour is isn't there like I thought maybe it would be before the season started, just because, you know, you and Hayden are back. We'd, we'd think, oh, we're going to want to see this, you know, 10, ten seasons of this because of, you know, what these characters mean. But, you know, I think like you guys have said, for differing reasons, maybe we don't need that season two or they can just absorb these characters into another show and, you know, everyone's a winner then because we also can have new characters who can get their own shows or books or comics written for them as well. So I think that's going to wrap up this round table, guys. So thank you so much for coming on. And to Jamie, if you can hear us out there via the four, thank you so much for coming on if we wrap it up here then isaac we've mentioned bob the podcast it's out there best bins other bits uh, best been the number one star wars insider in the world um where can the world find you online? That's, that's what he That's what he pays me to say where can the world find you and welcome the world here bob online
2: uh yeah it's kind of a terrible name for a podcast because SEO wise (laughs) it doesn't do very well if you just search best bin bulletin you'll find us um it's got Ochi and Vin Diesel on the front of the uh podcast cover art so you'll figure it out and the burger king king all three the holy trinity if you will um there's that uh you can follow me on instagram if you want it's just underscore pevy um but yeah that's about it for me just bob the podcast really they go check it out and
0: uh you, you get the occasional uh inside scoop from bespin on there you get the occasional rant from pevy and the occasional controversial comment from nick about the entire obi-wan kenobi series yeah i outed him on that one you really did out him <laughs> um and mark my friend we've had mark on the show before you know him you love him you've probably seen his name scattered around various star wars websites or outlets but for those who want to hear more, read more of you and your work, where can they find you
4: online? Uh, best place usually to find me will be Fanthatracks. So all social medias is at Fanthatracks. Um, I do write for Star Wars Insider, as you mentioned. So a uh, few bits coming up in the next couple of three issues of Insider as well. Uh, and then, yeah, generally, I like I like doing things like this, popping onto other people's shows and causing trouble and uh, and guesting on things so it's nice to nice to chat to folks so i'm, I'm generally out there but on twitter uh, prefect underscore timing i'm a hitchhiker's fan so ford prefect prefect underscore timing on twitter and uh, yeah if you if you're in such a mood that you want to listen to my rants and rambles then that's where you'll find me and you should do if you don't already.
0: And uh, uh, we're going to be at London Film and Comic-Con uh, at the end of the upcoming week. And when you are listening to this, July the 8th and the 10th will be there in the Star Wars
4: zone. And Mark and the Fanta Trax guys will be there as well, won't you? We will. Yeah, looking forward to it. There's a bunch of the guys coming down. There's loads planned, lots of things going on. There's podcasts happening and stuff on the cosplay stage, oh. the music going on. And yeah, it's going to be busy and hectic, but fun.
0: Yep, so if you want to come and meet Mark, you can do as well. And us, we would love to see you there. But that is gonna be it then for our Obi-Wan Kenobi Roundtable. It's done with. We may never do another Obi-Wan Round Table again. Or maybe we will do. Let's see what the higher ups at Lucasfilm have to say. But thank you everyone for listening to this round table. If you want to let us know what you thought about the season, Lukey Boy, if the world wants to let us know what they thought about this round table or about the season of Obi-Wan Kenobi
1: and general where can the world find us online? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk You can search for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we will be there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. You'll find us. You'll love us. Drop us a voice note or a message to our email address. Hello there at sessions.co.uk
0: Yes, sir. And if you do, if you want us to put us a free, you can do by leaving us a five-star rating or a review on your podcast provider of choice. <laughs> Lukey boy, that's it for Kenobi Season yeah. One. Everyone, thank you for listening. From me though, it's gonna be see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always.